Hi, my name is Ritendo Nyamuda and welcome to another groundbreaking episode of In My Twenties. In my twenties. So before we begin, please do like, share and subscribe to the In My Twenties podcast. And don't forget to share your thoughts and comments with us in the sections below. Today on the In My Twenties podcast, our guest has certainly taken the road less traveled and has become one of the youngest sports anchors in South Africa. So introducing herself onto the In My Twenties podcast, I'm so excited to welcome her into the In My Twenties family. Here she is. Hi, I'm Katua Lowe. I'm 27 years old. I'm a radio and TV presenter. I'm absolutely mad about sport. I always say do it with passion or not at all. Uh, I scream at rugby matches and I'm that lady that comes with her dog to sports events. Sorry. (laughs) Now on every episode of the In My Twenties podcast, my guests always come through with these incredible mind moments or gem moments. And this is just one of them. What I've experienced as well is that, especially the older generation, they um, tend to, when you bring in a rugby topic and it's off air or whatever, then they tend to, br- they look at you and then brush you aside and start talking rugby with the boys. You know what I mean? Sure. For me, that was very tough. The In My Twenties podcast is split up into three sections. In the first section, we get to hear a little bit more about Katua's career journey. In the second section, we dive into today's topic, which is all about following the unconventional career path. And finally, rounding up all three sections is a conversation about the all-encompassing 20s journey. So without further delay, let's get straight into it. So Couture, let us uh, tackle your, let us tackle you. Yes! Sports terms! I'm so excited. Before we even get into career history, I want to touch a little bit on your name your name is not really couture because i was like what country is that oh yeah it's not for it's not couture well it's not really couture but you know i'm you're very special now because uh in my 12 years at school it was the last day of matric that it was revealed what my full names are that's how hidden i kept it because i was like embarrassed about it because it's so long and uitgerek, as we say in afrikaans like <laughs> yeah. it's like a typical afrikaans name but my full names are um Katharina Susanna Lowe. Mm-hmm. No one ever calls me that. So how did you get to where you are right now? What did you study? Where did you study? What is your story? Okay, so I uh, grew up in East London, well, in East London and went to Wurzkogrens. Now in Wurzkogrens, we don't really have um, loads of sports big. Rugby's big as it is in Afrikaans school. Um, but it's 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 not a very like rich school, if I can say that. So the re- when we went to other schools, we were like, wow sports is amazing at other schools everything else was glorious so I always felt like I love the team part of it so I always competed in everything so naturally after school I wanted to study something with sport in it uh, and I ended up at the University of Stellenbosch uh, both my parents studied there as well so it was this faraway land that I was like oh, I have to be there like mm-hmm. there's oak trees there's wine like I studied um, sports science BSc mm-hmm. in sports science I started with that um, and then went over I didn't finish my degree as a degree degree I went over to a ETA then I had finished my diploma okay because life happens and yeah so I, I, the studying was for me was I never felt comfortable in a classroom I liked the Activeness, so that's why I like the sport part. So then mm. I w- go, went into the sport mo- sport part more. Um, and in that time, um, Stellenbosch is a very nice um, campus radio station called MFM. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wait, what if we get sports and like 
radio together, like the mothers yes. were talking and not sitting in a classroom yeah. or whatever. And then I just entered their program. You go through a few months of training, and if you fall out in the time, you fall out. Mm-hmm. But it's all on a volunteer basis. So you, basically, while I was studying, I had to like work at three o'clock in the morning shift to earn your stripes, as they say in the industry on wow. MFM. And whatever shows you want to do, you had to put up your hand, and it's all volunteer basis. I think you get into until you get to full time. Mm-hmm. Then went to full time, did a drive show, did a breakfast show, and then managed to, um, or they had always people coming to talk to us from like. Um, commercial radio stations and stuff. So then Prime Media, which is mm-hmm. KFM and Cape Talk, they came to um, us at MFM and then they were like, no, this is our sports editor. I was like, what? There's a sports editor? Oh, wow. whole, a whole department of sport on a commercial radio show? I, like, I never knew, because you yeah. I never knew how to get to the next level. Yes, like, you know yeah. what I mean? You're at campus station and you're working your ass off there, but like, how do you get mm. to that level up? So then I just asked, can I come shadow him? Because mm-hmm. I want to see what they are doing at commercial level. So, we can implement it at varsity level. And then a few months later, I got an email from him asking, well, they are looking for new freelancers over the weekend. What I liked? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so then uh, that's how I managed to get into the commercial space yes, yeah. um, on KFM and Cape Talk. And then Supersport happened in 2016. Mm-hmm. How did that, yeah, what is the story behind yeah, that? Yeah, because everyone asked me that. Yeah. Um, because you don't get, because then also I told this editor at EWN, I told him, no, I want to, my big dream, I always say my big dream is I want to work for Supersport one day. Because that, obviously that's for sports nuts, that's the ultimate, yeah. I think. Because you know everything's on Supersport. 100%. Like, it's like awesome. And then, and he always asked me, do you know someone at Supersport? Like, how are you? <laughs> like, I, I didn't even think of that. I just mm. wanted to work. I didn't think of how I was going to get there. Yes. I just knew I had to build the blocks if I get there that I needed to know how to speak in front of a camera or at least on a on a mic. Wow. I needed to have the knowledge, which I hope to get through my d- or diploma. Because um, I always said you have to talk the talk as much as you walk it. So mm. or, or other way around. You have to have the knowledge. Mm even though you're talking about it, you still have to have the depth of the knowledge of knowing sports. Yes, I didn't yeah. play rugby. Okay. But we uh, we had a course and I did the course in rugby, so I know the technical parts of it. But if I had to read as much as I can, because I if, if I were to get there, I don't want to be like, uh, you don't know what you're talking mm, about. Especially being a female. Exactly. You, like, because then already, so there are already much. stereotypes behind already. being a female presenter oh, in no, sport. Oh, no, she's just a pretty face. There. Mm. She's just there because of the way she looks or oh, she probably knows someone or whatever. Mm. Like, always. So I wanted to have the that that deep, deep knowledge yeah. of, of the sport I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I always say it's not necessarily important that you get in the room. It's important what happens when you are in the room. Exactly. Because now people are all eyes on you. They're listening to you. Whatever comes out of your mouth has to be of substance. Otherwise, yeah. And 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 truth be told, is sometimes you do represent people who are not even in the room yes. as a female presenter in a predominantly male society, yeah. male society, That's male it. industry. Yeah. You represent a whole bunch of women. You stand there as a female representative. Yes, you know, it's and it's the same with whatever room you go into. Yes, mm. yeah. So uh, really, for me, it was very very important to. I think maybe because I have seen people that are in roles, and you're like. Yes, you don't know what the heck you're talking about. I'm not saying necessarily in just uh, in rugby. I'm saying in general, you see yeah. someone there, then you're like, eh, yo. And mm. I, I never wanted to be, if I were to get there, I never wanted to be that person. And so you enter this industry. Yes. Being, you know, we said the youngest, a female in a male-dominated industry. What, did you have any 
Well, what were your biggest challenges, should I rather ask? Because I can imagine that there is this weight of like yeah. eyes on you and people asking questions. Like, yeah. what, what what have been the biggest challenges for you? I think one of the challenges would be the, the there's no conventional route mm. to where you want to be. So you had to kind of, you know, just figure it out and, and just do it. Do it. There's no other way to like do radio. Mm. And then, oh, there's opportunity. And then also go for that opportunity. Mm. Um, the second one was yes. Doubt, yeah, yeah. I doubted. If you, that's why I said earlier that I wanted to have all the knowledge because if I stand there and doubt myself, everyone's already doubting you standing there in front of these wimps, these big, awesome rugby players mm. trying to tell them about rugby. Mm. Um, and they're big. They yep. are massive, and they know I knowledge am, from the before rugby yes, was even a sport. Exactly, they are rugby. <laughs> they are the rugby. That yeah, is yeah. why it exists. It's because of these uh, these people. Mm. Um, so I think not. Or one of the challenges was to get over the doubt mm. in myself. Even though you know you have the knowledge, it's yeah. just always doubt. So I always made a point and still do reading, uh, listening to podcasts, like mm. whatever, looking at other shows to always just know what's, what's going on and also just obviously increase your knowledge. You mentioned Alma and Mott. Yes. Uh, who have been quite instrumental in your journey yeah. as well. How is, how, what is your relationship like with them? Mott and Alma, they are the only women. But... And I'm not saying we like all besties and like all go and wine tours together yeah. or whatever, but professionally they are the most professional people I've ever met in terms of also you are know, the mentoring and they and it's also not like a stroking your ego. It's like you're gonna get judged. Mm. You need to accept it, mm. you're gonna do this. Like Mott said the other because I also like really I'm really struggling because I feel like I have to prove myself every time. And she says, Dude, you're a woman in sport, you're gonna feel like that all the time. Mm. But you need to change your mentality. You need to walk into a room and know you're going to kill it every single time. Sure. Then you deal with it, whatever comes afterwards, but you are the goat yeah. of all time. The greatest yes, of all time, every time. Yes. And she said that's how every, she approaches everything. Like also another thing is that what the, those two ladies told me, uh, Alma and Mots, they um, said that they'd critique a woman on what, how she looks rather than what she says. Sure. And I didn't know. I, didn't, I was like, cool. And I know that, but then I, I experienced it was that they, I don't know what game I did. And then the one producer was like, yeah, your lipstick was too light. And I'm like, but did you hear what I had to say? Mm. And then the other time it was, no, you can't wear your hair loose next to the fields too. And, but I'm like, again, what, yeah. not saying what I, not acknowledging or, or commenting what I said. That's the only comment I get was about my looks. Mm. And mm. it's not massive, like life-changing things. I mean, yeah. I don't mind getting dark lips because I'm not a girly girl anyway, so I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. But it's like, yeah. So it was mm. like rather, and it sucks because you know, you want people, I specifically want people like to comment like and debate with me with what I have to say. Mm. Like acknowledge that I um, said this or didn't say this or disagree with me because it knows, then for me it shows that you respect what I'm saying, if that yes. makes sense. Yeah. If you start debating about with me mm. about the rugby stuff and not about... What you look like. Yeah, because what I've experienced as well is that, the, especially the older generation, they um, tend to, when you bring in a rugby topic and it's off air or whatever, then they tend to, they look at you and then brush you aside and start talking rugby with the boys. You know what I mean? Sure. For me, that was very tough because yeah. I'm, I'm a sensitive person yeah, and yeah. then also I'm like, what the hell? So like, what, do you, I, what do you do then? I mean, because obviously you can't I break down and cry. Yeah, that's the thing. I go yeah. cry at all. Exactly. <laughs> Call my mom being yeah. a little girl. But I, I, yeah, I stand there and then I just try and... It's like you force yourself in, yes, kind of. Yeah. And I don't know how else to do but it. But you have to have the thick skin for that because, I mean, as you're yeah. mentioning now, the sexism, I'm assuming, is yeah. very apparent, yeah. very alive and well. Yeah, 
I feel that to an extent they have to open their it's up to them mm. like you can say oh you're a woman not to being too extra blah, blah, blah. but you are you are turning away when I talk about rugby mm. you don't you've not even given me a chance to fail like in terms of you've not given me a I'm allowed to fail as well yeah because guys are allowed to fail mm. they're allowed to look like chops and then everyone forgives them and everyone goes on yeah because they're men yeah and you're not even allowing me the mm. respect or the or acknowledging me which for me is like the worst thing like yeah because you know, it's just like I don't know it's just it stabs you right in the gut yeah. and like in the heart like it's like it's horrible it's not necessarily people you work with I feel like the guys that I work with the the, the older rugby players that are on the panels or whatever they're very accepting to if you're in that environment I feel they know you in that environment for a reason yes yeah it's more like the external people and the mm. people watching whatever mm. so I am not gonna lie I'm a little bit jealous of your career just in terms of like all the hot what? men that you see oh, on yes. a daily basis the hot men that you interview like the tall men <laughs> but what is what is that like like waking up every day going to these places interviewing like the most well-known rugby players yeah. in our country what is that like it's really a dream come true. And I keep saying, like, I really love, mm. I love what I do and I love the sport. I love how it brings people together. I love what it brings out in people. Mm. Even though, yeah, they are fights and whatever on the field and the, you know, get, get heated. But yeah. the sportsmanship is always great between the uh, teams, um, always shake hands afterwards. Like mm. little things that in sport that people should take into life, mm. um, I believe. So I re- it's really a dream come true. I really, because it was my dream to work for Super Sport. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, I, I'm living it at the moment. But mm-hmm. now it's also about leveling. Now what do we do next? And how do we do what we do very well? What's nice is that from when I started to now, it's only been three years, which okay. is I'm still a baby in the industry. Yeah, yeah. Is that those guys that I interviewed maybe at Varsity Cup level are now yeah. playing for the Springboks. Oh, nice. And so you've grown with them. So Yes. And it's nice because it's like, a, it's like yeah, it's a, we're all a big team. Mm. Like, it's like cool to see how their journeys have grown and, and, and vice versa. Yeah. And, and also how people are not, people aren't all cuck. Like, they are, <laughs> they are nice people in this yeah. industry and, and, mm. and, and, and on the rugby field. And it's nice to see also how they start opening up a rugby player that's 19. Guess it's the hardest interview you'll ever do. Like, sure. they don't speak they are like i'm just here to play rugby they literally Mm. literally to only play rugby Mm. and then you see them three years later and suddenly it's like word vomit i'm like oh wow but then afterwards i always tell them it's so cool to see how you've grown because unfortunately for them they think they just need to play rugby but you public figures Mm. like if you had a curry cup level or whatever level you you're gonna have to learn how to speak and i think it's just that you also don't have to over like just like us from the camera perspective we overthink well i overthink Mm. things they do too so they're also just humans yeah and that's interesting because their focus is yes it's their job rugby it's like i'm here this is but like we have to pay taxes that's all i don't think it was part of the bid is part of the job yeah Yeah. and you talk about 19 year olds i must say like south africa's like high school rugby level i think is one of the craziest yeah it, obviously in the world, but I sometimes feel like it's a little bit bigger than our national yeah. know, teams. Yeah, it is to an extent. It's massive. No, schoolboy school rugby. Remember, we've got in, in the Western Cape, we've got the pole derby between pole boys and, and battle gym, mm. um, which is the biggest schoolboy rugby derby in the world. Wow. And I mean, we are technically a third world country yeah, on the, what do they say? Gatkant van die wereld. We're not even, like you're not glorious yeah. in Europe or whatever. And we've got the biggest schoolboy rugby tournament in really the world, or, or, or derby in the world. Yeah. Um, and then something like Craven Week is also no, no, like we have international refs mm. coming to ref at Craven Week, which is an under 18 schoolboy tournament sure. in the country. 
because they don't have it in the other place in the world. Like it's so unique that and so level. so it's cool to. And then, but the flip side is people get extra. Like yeah. parents getting trying to sign their kids off to endorsements at the age of seventeen and playing professional rugby right off to school. It's crazy. It's insane. Like. That's what the now the rugby the older generation of rugby players the retired oaks are yeah. saying like, yes it's great but get your degree too yes like no it's insane you have to you can't just you can't just rely on rugby because no. there's an expiration date yeah. yeah it's like they'll be telling you like from birth the story literally, will be like from birth you're going he to held be, a rugby ball literally and you're just like oh my gosh that's intense did you think of it. Uh, like 1995, that's the sport that brought everyone together. Mm. Like when Francho Pinar, when Madiba handed Francho Pinar, our Springbok captain at that time, the yeah. the World Cup trophy and he lifted it in Ellis Park. It just, a nation was united. I'm getting goosebumps sure. as I say. Like, that was the sport. So mm. I, I understand the, the patriarchs and the <laughs> that comes through, yeah, yeah. the trots uh, <laughs> that comes through. And But it gets, it's unfortunate that, and it's, I'm going to blame the parents at school level because mm. you need to guide your kid. And if you are going to be going to put that pressure on that kid, he's yeah. going to want to just play rugby because that's what you want and yeah. that's what you're pushing for. And you now you have to go make money as a rugby player. You've got potential. You've got, I've seen mm. parents. So on a rugby field, obviously, they switch sides at halftime. Mm. There was one parent that literally, wherever his kid was playing on the field, he would walk to. Yeah. Then switch sides, he would walk to the, and I could hear, I could see him screaming at his kid. I'm like, this kid, literally, this, and he, and I know that kid's going to get a tongue lashing afterwards from yeah. his dad. Like it's, it's a bit, yeah. So I, I wish parents would just let the kid, let the kids play. Yeah. Don't. Let them be kids. Yeah, let them be kids. And yeah. if they want to pursue it, they do, mm. but then pursue it where they can get a degree as well. Mm. It's very, very important mm. on a rugby level, in my opinion. Have you ever been starstruck? Yes. Okay. Uh, I was actually talking about this the other day is I had to stand in for another presenter on a, a, a super sports digital rugby program called okay. In Touch. Okay. I shouldn't say this. Now you're going to go watch it. But anyway, <laughs> is um, Skulk Berger. Okay. Um, he is one of those legendary rugby players, but he's still like young enough. He's not yeah. like the super, he's like, he played for the Springboks the other day, mm-hmm. but he's just epic, man. Yeah, he's yeah. just like so cool. And I had to interview him now for 20 or 25 minutes. Yeah. And it was, he's so chill, but it's still skull bigger. Yeah, like, yeah. So for me, I think that was the most starstruck I've been. And yeah. the irony is, is I've been with Super for three years now. So I've interviewed a bunch of people, <laughs> but now, <laughs> now, now I think maybe the other times I was so focused on just doing, saying the right words. Yeah. And saying, now I was able to kind of sit back and enjoy it. And then mm. it was so good again. It's like, you can't get comfortable. And the worst interview you've ever had where you just look back and you're just like, that was rock bottom. Oh, probably at the start. Oh, probably at the start. I, I think my first season was super sport. I had an interview. Then, I, obviously, you learn little things mm. when you, like, I didn't know, or I just trusted a floor manager with all, all getting all the info. Yeah. And the thing is, the floor manager is someone that communicates with everyone mm-hmm. to make the production run on the floor. So, yeah. gets the interviews, gets the banners up, uh, make sure the refs go on time. Blah, blah, blah. So, they do a lot of stuff. Mm. So, I was waiting for the captain's name. Because I've always you always interview the captain post match, mm-hmm. and I was waiting for the name and last minute he gave me a name and I was standing there. Um, uh, congratulations to I don't know Western Province for winning this uh, match uh, seventy twenty or whatever, and uh, he had a chat about the match is captain so and so. The Oaks like, my name is no 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 wrong name, but this is all happening on air. Oh, wow. And I was just like, you could see my, I was like this, and I uh-huh. looked straight at the floor manager, but this is all live. Like, yeah. And I was like, ah. 
Um, and then afterwards, he was very up. The captain was very upset. He's like, "Don't people know?" I'm like, "No, it's not your. It's, mm. not, it's not your papers were right. Everything." Mm. And I felt like Shame. shit because also being a captain is yeah. an honor, mm. and I'm getting the captain's name like yeah. I'm. Don't know what name. The f- and then the floor manager came to me afterwards and said, sorry. But the problem is it already it's happened. It's too late. It's too late. It felt yeah. horrible. And it just felt, the rest of the interview felt shit because, yeah. because of that. And he didn't like me. I don't think he still likes me <laughs> to this day. Yeah. That was a horrible one. And then uh, I had to do, my first broadcast was right after um, U.S. Fund of days and passed away. Oh, um, sure. But then the thing is, again, Varsity Cup's a very happy, fun tournament, and now it was this dull thing. And it was my first broadcast, and I had to literally chat to people about we were sort of mess days and at Varsity Cup where students are drunk and whatever. Yeah. It wasn't nice. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. not nice. Because it's such a somber moment in the rugby community, mm. and then you're trying to be like, that's Varsity Cup. But also, you were sort of days and died. So it was a bit... Sure. Yeah, it was a bit rough. Yeah. Sure. So I... I'm single. Yes. And I have a lot of single friends. Okay. No, I'm not going to ask you for anyone's name. I was like, like, you're like, I got you. Okay, cool. We're not. But I want to know. So if I'm watching a rugby game, because I went to watch rugby um, a couple of Saturdays ago um, with friends. But like, yes, there's the screaming and the shouting, but I really would like to impress you know, people with my knowledge. Okay, great. Um, What are a couple of really good phrases in terms of rugby and like, what what do they mean? Okay, we can go. Um, so you know what a try is, obviously, when he goes over the line. You try, try, try yeah. again. <laughs> Don't say that. You're never going to get someone. So oh embarrassing. Gosh, is he gonna try? I'm kidding, I'm, guys. I'm kidding. I, I know. She's not. <laughs> no, I'm joking. So you know what a try is. Let's get serious. You off. score a try. Yes, oh, and that's line. five points, eh? Okay, got it. And then a conversion. Do you know what that is? So it's when no. the guy kicks. Now, we, after this try, there's always a kick. Okay. That's a conversion. So you can okay. say, oh, we're getting re- Oh, he's setting up for the conversion. Setting up for a conversion. conversion. Love yes. it. Got it. So it's simple, but it's a fake. It's like, because conversion mm. is a tough word. Yeah. Like, you don't know it. It's yeah. not a normal term. What yeah. is he converting? So right? then he yeah. um, gets it over. Then mm-hmm. if he gets it over, he co- he's converted the try. Mm-hmm. I think it's seven points. Mm. So then if it's just, if there's no try and he kicks, then it's a penalty. Okay. Okay. So then it's not a conversion. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you can say, or you can say something about a try is that, oh, he got over the whitewash. Mm. That's, that's the white line. Okay. Stunning. Yeah. Scrum, you know what scrum is? When they, like, like yes. get together, like, a ball. Yes. And they're so, all, like, locking. Yes, there we go. Perfect, Stunning. perfect. Is and lock a rugby team? Scrum, yes. A lock's over two locks in a team. Mm. So they, they're the jumpers who jump okay. in the line. Or you can, or the flanks, or six and seven can also jump. Or okay. the eighth man. So there's a lot of people that can jump. Too, too many but numbers. The locks. Okay, too many yeah. numbers. Yeah. There's a, there are eight people in the scrum, though. Got it. So eight, eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, the scrum off, which mm-hmm. is number nine, usually a tiny oaky, mm-hmm. he throws in the ball. Okay. Okay. So maybe you can also say when it happens fast, yeah. you can say, oh, that scrum, I've got the ball out fast. Great stuff from the scrum. You want that from a scrum off. Cool. Get the oh, ball out you fast. You want that from yes. a scrum half. Get it out fast. And if you don't want that from a scrum half, he should be fired. Yes. Who let him on the yeah. team? No, sub him. No one likes refs. So you can just say, oh, this ref. And okay. then someone will respond. Yeah. No one likes refs. Yeah. No one likes yeah. refs. No one li- but no one wants to do it. Okay. But there has to be a yes. ref. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But no one likes the ref. So I was probably saying, like, bad like, was, the yeah. ref, was the ref even watching the game? Yes. They, they love that because it's like obviously they're watching but clearly they weren't yes girl yeah like that's perfect yes, yes. was the mm. even watching the game so con- yeah I've got that oh if they if they're on the attack mm-hmm. 
and maybe the ball's in the middle of the field. Yes. And they and they get trying to get it to the wing because the wings are obviously uh, on the on outside. The, yes. Got you. Yeah, and you can see like they they looks like the other team is not going to be able to stop them. And you go swing the ball if you can see the wing is open. Oh. So you have to go. To, that's a bit of concentration there. Swing the ball. Yeah. Because so they have to literally swing. like throw so they have to swing. get it out to the wing. Stunning. Swing. Katoa, we are coming to my favorite part of the podcast, and that is all about the 20s journey oh, yeah. and okay. the quarter-life crisis and all things two, zero, plus other numbers. So if you were to summarize your 20s, how would you summarize your 20s? Unforgettable. Mm-hmm. Um, dang. Maybe dang. You can just say dang. <laughs> dang, yeah. Dang. Uh, Musha learning curve. Mm. Um, mm. And um, unexpected, I think, okay. also. Yeah. Did you ever suffer from the quarter-life crisis? Yes. Did you ever have a quarter-life crisis? Yes. <laughs> what was the crisis and so, how did you come out of it? So I liked my 25-year because mm. then I just started at Supersport, so everything was glorious yes. and, like, you were in a, in a high, on a high, mm. but then you realize now, okay, I'm 25 and... Other people are also getting those highs. They're also getting great stuff or whatever, which is cool. But now yeah. I was like, what's next? So I'm like, oh, damn it. Like, what's next? Like, mm-hmm. you are there now. What's next? And also you feel, I don't feel like I did everything I needed to do in my 20s. It feels like I was suddenly old. Mm. It felt like I didn't go, I don't know, hike Table Mountain every mountain, uh, every mountain, every every weekend. Or, yeah. or I didn't do enough yeah. in my 20s. They say comparison is the, what the thief of all joy. And mm. it's true. I yeah. had to stop comparing on social media or, or or thinking and also actually I think deep down is that I attach a lot of value to a degree and I know this sounds lame a four-year degree where you walk on that stage and you get it whatever attached I didn't realize how much it bothered me that I didn't complete a degree mm. both my parents are far in my dad's a a, a, a philosopher but like a professor of philosophy my mom did a degree in psychology so they like legit academics or it felt like that yeah but and I didn't realize how much value I thought I was not valuable if I didn't have a degree I don't sure. know why I had to deal with that too mm. yeah I didn't realize that mm. um I it bothered me immensely and also I had very glorious friends that got that are biokineticists now and accountants CAs people working with investment banking like fabulous like degreed people mm. and um i wasn't one of them yeah i was like a completely a different unconventional route mm. i think i didn't realize how that bothered i'm okay with being unconventional mm. didn't realize it bothered me that much i had a lot of i felt not good enough mm. and know? how do you feel about that now I still, I'll still work through it. Like, yeah, I'm, it's weird because I'm pushing my sister. No, you can't dope now. You need to, you, you need to get your degree because yeah. you are the one that needs to get it. Yeah. But no, no, I, I think I'm, I think I'm okay with it. I yeah. think it will always be. I'll always have to work uh, or just be like, you're okay, you're enough, you're mm-hmm. fine, even without it. Yeah. But then you see people around you that are also in unconventional spaces, yeah. and 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 it's okay. Yeah. Like also the world we live in, it's okay. Yeah. I don't know why that was specifically why. Mm-hmm. I, made me feel not good enough yeah. I don't know but it's I think it's also part of your journey the yeah, part probably, of your journey yeah. and part of your story even so when you you know are on stage and people look at you yeah. and they're just like oh my word she's done it and she, you know she's x and she's y I think it's also that thing that makes us human like sometimes yes. the things that make us feel the the most insignificant or the things that we cry about yeah are the things that connect us most to human to yeah. other humans and give us that um 
I don't know that that connection to yeah. be like we're we're actually in this Relatable. together. We've, we've yeah. all got something that yeah. we feel yeah, we're not good why, enough for. Yeah, I think that's why I became a well, well still working on it, but mm. okay with it is that no one. If I look at you, I don't know what you have mm. or what you don't have, and that's part of my journey. Mm. Right? It's part of my self discovery. Like I didn't get a degree. Why I did something else mm. like or, or it put me in another way maybe and I think also maybe what bothers me about that is that I did it I could have okay maybe that's why my maybe that's why the panic kicked in at 25 is what I was like I could have done this I could have mm. done that better I could have done yeah. this and now it's too late yeah I think that's probably why but then the diploma worked out at least yeah but yeah I think that I, yeah as I said attached a lot of value to that degree yeah and I yeah. didn't realize how much yeah how much it affected me mentally mm. not getting it yeah, yeah yeah and healing from that as well yeah exactly because I think we still do you're that okay because from outside you maybe look like a uh, I look like for someone else I look like a motion success yes but for you do you feel like I don't have a degree I'm not a success I'm not successful yeah. but then yeah. it was like well, that's okay yeah but you're you're doing doing it that's the thing is you're doing it and I think especially in our industries as well is um you can you can take anything um I studied film and media there have been many times in my career where I was just like oh my word I'm not earning as much as I should be should I have studied law which i probably wouldn't have you know, been yeah. able to should I have studied should I pursue something yeah, else more traditional more traditional or even whether it's living with someone or not living with someone uh, yeah. I think I think if you are following your passion I do think one things happen for a reason and yeah. teaching you different lessons and they definitely help you to connect mm. and relate to people in a different way yeah. but I also think things happen for your path for a reason like yeah. yours is so unique and yeah. that's what makes you unique, and that's your story. No one else can copy paste and say I have the same story as you. Yeah. And that's what sets you apart, and that's what will you know put you in the spotlight and take you to glory. It's like yes. this is her story, mm. um, which I think is beautiful, and that it's unconventional. Yeah, if you had done, <laughs> if you had done the conventional part, this is the other thing, and. Yeah, that's it. If you had done the conventional part, everyone would think that one and two and three exactly there would be the blueprint. Yeah, that is not our industry, and that's not how you succeed. Yeah, that's what my yeah chatted to my mom a lot, but she she just said, but Katua, then you wouldn't have had time for MFM. You mm. wouldn't have had time to maybe fly up to Joburg and go do the audition. Yeah, you, they would not have understood you taking off to go do a rugby match in some weird dorpy in South Africa. Mm. Like you would have doped or you they would have not acknowledged it or something like they would have been you wouldn't have been able to do what you don't and then what if you were unhappy yeah then you would have missed out on something else yeah and because i wasn't happy in class uh, in the classes i was doing but mm. i was there because all my friends like it was so nice to just have that um team that yes. fellowship or i don't know what you call it like everyone was there and mm. i was nice because everyone's going to class together everyone's saying i like the mm. structure but it just yeah, I wasn't. I, maybe I was just not happy in that sphere. Yeah. That's why I didn't care yeah. as much as I should have, yeah. or thought I should have mm. at least. Yeah, mm. but that's not. That's it's unconventional. You're right, mm. completely. It's like if the one thing didn't happen, then this should have happened, or this would have happened, and not had happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You've had a very interesting and inspiring journey, definitely, to get to where you are yeah. and the person you are. But I want to know what advice do you have for people in their twenties at the moment who are. Who are following the unconventional path and who are struggling with that, um, you know, the self-doubt or the self-talk or is this it? Should I be doing something different? Questioning everything, basically. What advice would you have for them? Don't compare your journey to someone else's. And again, probably very big cliche, but especially in our industry and unconventional industry is Mm. that sometimes people that start after you might end up in places you should have been already or could have been already because you always feel like because we always want to push ourselves yeah. you could have been there but you cannot compare your journey to someone else's journey yeah. 
you're going to make yourself mad. Uh, and then also have fun, man. Mm. And there's no point in doing all of this and just being mislick or being like in a bad mood because you have to work and whatever. Enjoy it. Have fun at work. Have, have fun in your personal life. Have just, yeah, enjoy it as well. Because you're in your 20s, man. We are not old people, even though we feel like it. <laughs> have fun. Thank you so much, Katua, for coming on to today's show and sharing your journey with us. There were so many incredible mind moments and gem moments on today's show. But one that I particularly want to point out is where you opened up a little bit about your unconventional career path. And for me, that was so pivotal because I think in life we often think that this is the path, this is the ladder that I need to choose and I need to get to X. But in life, there are so many different roads that one can take that lead to our dreams and our destinies. And finally, thank you to everyone who listened to today's episode of the In My Twenties podcast. Please don't forget to like, share and subscribe. So we will catch you same time, same place, right here on In My Twenties. In my twenties, in my twenties. How old are... Ooh. Okay, maybe no song today. We won't do a song today. Okay. Bye.